This week on Brew Bloods, we're taking on a prized beer, the Abyss 2015 Reserve from Deschutes. Plus, Walmart is getting into the craft beer game, and we're about as happy about that as you would think. So settle up, beer buddies. This is Brew Bloods. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. I've never, ever tasted beer. That from massively failed political candidate, Mike Huckabee, and I think we know why you're a complete failure, other than your ridiculous politics. It's because you've never had a beer. That, that probably was his biggest downfall. Well, just being an ass was probably his biggest downfall. Well, there's but. that. But I think the second most critical factor in the downfall of Mike Huckabee is never having had a beer. That's the first real beer quote you've had, too. That's nice. Yeah, I appreciate uh, we finally got a real one. I didn't have time to make one up today. It usually True. takes about 20 hours of uh, Shakespearean-esque writing to craft my uh, fake quotes. To handcraft them. But uh, Dustin decided he would actually go out and help me today and get something that was real. So yes. finally, we have our first episode 54. We have our first, first real beer quote. And I know, I know you like uh, political talk, and I know you like Republican political talk. So oh, I yeah. I'd throw that out there. Really gets me jazzed. You know, because we're from Texas, you have to love Republicans. Yeah, of course. You have. Yeah, everybody. We we as I think uh, one of my friends was asked when uh, they took the annual Washington D.C.'s trip uh, in middle school or high school. I can't remember where. Somebody asked them, "Oh, don't you guys ride horses everywhere in Texas?" No, we do not. Yes, we actually have uh, motor vehicles with four wheels. <laughs> we don't ride horses. I mean, yes, I have seen here on the Northwest Highway, which is uh, the main thoroughfare over here we're in East Dallas. I have seen somebody riding a horse. Yes, I've seen several persons riding horses. Sure. Horse eye. But it's not. That doesn't mean that's all we ride. And I have ridden a horse in my life. And yes, that's a brag. But that doesn't mean <laughs> that we only ride horses. I wish I could ride a horse. <laughs> You've ridden a horse. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Would you like me to get on all fours and you can ride me? I'll simulate a horse. <laughs> um. No, that's okay. Not today. Not for this podcast. We might find it vaguely erotic. Yes. Welcome to episode fifty. I don't think that's beer related. That's a that's a shorty. Episode fifty. Ride Mark like a horse. Yeah, a video shorty. <laughs> uh, episode fifty four of Brew Bloods. Look for that on YouTube. Uh, across from me is uh, Dustin, the uh, lefty to my poncho, because he actually is a lefty, a dirty, dirty lefty. That's not, true. Not, not just in politics, but also in handage. He's and, a dirty, dirty lefty. And Mark now sits on the other side of a massive bank of monitors. That's right. It's basically like the Dark Knight, where he's monitoring all the cell phones in the country. Yeah, uh, it's it, not that bad. It's more it's like pretty close. It's more like uh, Silicon Valley when they were at Action Jack's place, but and uh, but Dinesh had six monitors. Yes, twice yeah. that. But I said it was more like it wasn't True. Dark Knight esque. It was more like uh, Silicon Valley times two. It's basically like one of those uh, 4D theaters you go in where the whole screen just engulfs you. It's kind of like that, except for a bunch of individual monitors. That's pretty the, much what he has going on. The, the the biggest problem, though, is that they're all tube monitors. None of them are flat panels. <laughs> so I have 40... They're all 13-inch tube TVs <laughs> that he uses as monitors, but... Yes, they're all tube TVs. And they're all the VCR TV combos, so it's really weird. Yeah. But th- he does have a lot of them. But I have a lot of them. I, I managed to get them connected quite well. Yes. So today, we are taking on a beer that I've never had before... It is the Deschutes Abyss. Now, this is a rarity. You've never had this? I've never had this beer. Not that I can recall. Now, yeah. it's possible in one of my drunken states, I've had this beer before. You probably did after being like 8 in. But I can't Which remember. is the perfect yeah. time to have a rarity. <laughs> exactly. It's where you really want to <laughs> use your rare beers. But uh, we are drinking the original Abyss. The We didn't. We only got one uh, of the rare uh, variations. I got a cognac. And Ooh, I... Fancy. We decided to go with... This is the more mass market version of the of the three because there's a uh there's 
There was a Rye version, there's the Cognac version, and then there's the original. We're going with the original. Rye seems to be a uh, thing that a lot of Imperial Rare Stouts like to do these days. Yeah, it's, it's well, again, people are trying to find new ways to go to, you and, know. And again. And again, yeah, to make their beers better or different or stand out a little bit. That's true. Without going, without resorting to butt swipes or navel swipes or vaginal uh, yeast. Which I appreciate, actually. I appreciate that, too. Instead. Good on you, Deschutes. Now, yeah. this is our third Deschutes beer. I think we've decided to become just the Deschutes cast. So, from now on, we will be reviewing only Deschutes beers. So, we have, like, only ten more episodes to go. Or yeah, and then we're pretty much just going to end it all. Right. And then we'll just start again from the beginning. Yeah, and then we'll start with the uh, riding mark, mark as a horse cast. Right. So. <laughs> that one might not be as varied, but it might be more entertaining. I don't know. But before all that, we should get to a little bit of bruise in the news. Uh, we didn't talk about this when the case originally came out, back when uh, the Deadpool movie came out starring Ryan Reynolds, that there's a place that's not unlike the Alamo Draft House in Utah, in Salt Lake City. It's called Bruvies, B-R-E-W-V-I-E-S. If like, you know what the Alamo Draft House is. If you do, it's a... It's a um, if you go to a theater where they serve beer and uh, dinner, food, yeah. then that's pretty much what the draft house You're is. You're right. You're right. And so this place is kind of like that. It's a uh, dinner and a show. And apparently in Utah, you are not allowed, according to their DABC, which is the Department of uh, Alcohol and Farts, they are, you're not allowed, if their movie has nudity at all, even if you show an ass cheek, you're not allowed to serve alcohol during that movie. Man, I cannot imagine how strict the Utah uh, alcohol control is. And if you're not familiar, if you're not living in the U.S., uh, Utah is the bastion of Mormonism, and they are extremely conservative in their moral values. They're extremely anti-alcohol. And they're extremely... For sure. And they're also anti-caffeine as well. Yes. Or hot beverages. So they... And this not only comes out in just the religion, it influences their culture and their... Their city governments and state governments are very conservative in their laws. And so this being one, I would, I don't know how extreme they get, but this is the most extreme one I've heard. Well, I know that they have things in place such as you can only consume alcohol if you have some kind of food. I know we have that law here in Texas on Sunday mornings. They have it there all the time. You cannot just go have a beer. You have to have some, some sort of food with that at all times. The Utah Attorney General David Wolf said the regulation is not designed to suppress expression because Bruvies was alleging that they're violating their First Amendment rights. Uh, he said to continue, but rather at combating the negative secondary effects caused by serving alcohol while viewing adult entertainment. I don't really understand the correlation. So if by that correlation, if you were to have a sip of vodka and you saw someone flash their butt, I'm guessing maybe he thinks you're going to commit violence um, perhaps you're go have raging sex somewhere with someone that's unwilling, or yeah. What? Every time I see, yeah, I, or just get you horny, and that's I a guess bad it's thing. Just might make you like actual have relations with your wife. I can't Uh-oh. imagine he would. He might be thinking that you might actually go out and commit repay just because you've been just because you saw a, you had a, one shot of vodka and a solid butt. <laughs> uh, he might be thinking that though. I mean, uh, who some knows? people get pretty extreme. Yeah. So Bruvies is alleging they they ended up they turned around and sued the uh, government in. Utah, and uh, they have finally got a case set beginning in May 2017, May 15th, 2017. It will be a three-day trial. Uh, it will be administered by U.S. Magistrate Judge Evelyn Furse. I assume that's how you say her name. I honestly don't even remember the nudity in Deadpool. Uh, there's a scene where Marina Baccarin uh-huh. was having relations with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. And there were, I think there were a couple of scenes of that. You so, said that very efficient and very like you are part of the legal system. I I, I don't know I don't know if you know this, but I am a U.S. assistant magistrate judge. 
Marina was having relations she was with having Ryan relations. on screen. Yes. Break uh, room zone, Marina Backrin. That's that's right. We Break have talked zone. to her. We have talked to that her. Is our, that is our scoreboard. And we actually got her to say, out, go out. Yes. Which I know everyone on this show hates, <laughs> but she did say it. Uh, Wolf also continued, the statute reg- regulates conduct and any incidental impact on the expressive element of films depicting nudity or other prohibited content is de minimis. Gas online. <laughs> which uh, is a legal term, uh, which is very haughty to say, meaning something is too small to take into consideration. Right. So they... Uh, DAB- that is haughty. The DABC has threatened to revoke Brewery's liquor license as a result. But they agree that uh, until the trial happens, they will not take any punitive action against Brewies. Did they also put witches on trial in Utah? I'm sure they did. Uh, no, I'm saying today. Oh, today? Yeah. I'm it, sure it they, might be questionable that they do. They probably uh, put them in a tank to see if they could swim and then found they were innocent when they drowned. I mean, we have some pretty bad oh, we do. pretty bad laws here, but that's, that's outrageously bad. It's <laughs> outrageously and, outdated. And as we've stated in our episode about Oklahoma, they, the state to the north of us has some pretty even more ridiculous laws than our state. Yeah, oh, definitely. So, yeah, I think, I think Utah is leading the race for the most ridiculous state in the Union. Yes, I would agree. I don't think there's much, really much argument on that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not here like, advocating for anarchy, but how about some reasonability to say, I don't know, just just reasonability. <laughs> Is that such a bad thing? I feel like in this current culture, reasonability, if you look at social justice warriors online, or conversely, the Trump movement, I feel and like we're losing rationality across the culture. I agree. I was going to say, that's not just... Uh conservatives it happens both ways no no it does people, people get out of control kind of fast it absolutely about absolutely really thinking about things i mean if you look at the the uh violence that happened to the trump rallies in the past week i mean there's extremes on both sides and yes. it's I, I feel like it let's just talk guys can we have some conversations can we talk and then, uh, if and you don't like what i say then that's cool i mean it, you don't like it and i don't like what you say or whatever that's that's okay. Let's I, ha- let's have a beer afterwards. That is one of the things I miss and, about. And look at a butt. The early <laughs> let's have, have some vodka. I do miss <laughs> about the early '90s, before the advent of social media and the information superhighway. Is you know, I felt like we were a little more dignified as in deployed in the great movie Cable Guy. <laughs> exactly. I felt we were a little more dignified in our politics. I realized as Fox News took hold, we got more and more fear mongering in this in this society, and then as social it was probably media, just more hidden back then. Maybe. Maybe, it just wasn't as at least it wasn't public, as in was, your face. You couldn't. Everyone was saying the same thing yeah. behind their own closed doors. You just didn't hear about it all the time. And not everybody had a, extremely uh, like a, a big voice that could get repeated. True, uh, very easily. So it's I miss always those a days. great thing. Although no, it's not. You know, we do run a podcast, so I'm kind of glad it's there. But well, I am glad too. I mean, yes, I'm. I'm glad for distribution of content is nice but at the same time but you have to be quality people like us that have right. quality content it's led to outrage you can't just be every spare that's out there it's led to outrage culture and that's the one of the more annoying things that's happening in our society today right. so moving on you have from, to be trained for years like yeah. us to deliver this premium content in a great way otherwise yeah. it, you know it's just power in the wrong hands we went to we went to, we have masters in podcasting and it took us you know about two decades to get those to get those degrees and then we had to additionally go for another 10 years just to get our podcasting licenses correct yeah so there's a reason we have a voice and about two people listen to us it's because we have our podcasting licenses but those two understand and we get it we employ script writers i mean you're not getting this gold without our 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 staff of 18 writers right that work tirelessly all throughout the week to deliver this gold and we just screw it up but it but look we're allowed to by law because we have license we have script writers they write premium content 
We look at it. We trash it. Yeah. We wing it instead. I don't know why we continue to pay them, but we do. So we can say there's premium content that could be delivered on the show, it, but it, we don't deliver it. But they do write it, just I'm, so you know. I mostly use them for their fake beer quotes. Right. That's, That's really the secret to my cult gold, is that they're spending all their time writing they always top. They always begin the show with that, and then there's some other stuff about, you know... How, how they would lay out the entire show, but mm-hmm. we just read the quote and then we just like trash the rest. Yeah, of it. usually I just rip the quote off the top of the page and then I light it on. I light the rest of the script on fire in there's, front of them. There's and a I, sixty-five page script. Mark just yeah. rips it, just rips the top part, and then he just burns the rest. It's and then crazy. I make them all line up in a row and I punch them all in the stomach. Yes, and then punch them in the face as they cry. I don't know why they stay around. We don't pay them anything. It's That's weird. true. They're working for the. They work for the thrill of the golden uh, dulcet tones of our voices <laughs> every week. Exactly. So, moving on to another bruise in the news story, Walmart wants to become a craft brewer, or at least a distributor of craft brewer, a beer, of, or of craft brewer. They're going to distribute craft brewers. <laughs> you can find a, a six-pack of... going to be a uh, lot of overall bearded guys all over the place. <laughs> a six-pack of fat bearded guys, yeah. and the occasional lady. Right. Uh, the, the ladies are the rarities. <laughs> no, they, uh, they've started their own private label. They, they're not allowed to call it a private label or something like that, according to laws, but that's right. at any rate, uh, they, why can't they do that? Actually, do I, that? well, it's down to the story. Is that, is that like an Arkansas thing? Uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 that would probably news. require reading ahead of time. I apologize. It just says due to alcohol laws. I wasn't going to bring it up, but due to alcohol laws, it's not calling the beer private label, but rather distinctive label beer. Hmm. So that's generic. According to the street, it's just laws. Oh, so it doesn't okay. say where or when these laws happen, but at any rate, uh, Walmart is putting out their own craft beers, and they have hired Trouble Brewing based out of Rochester, New York, and they are putting out four beers, well, really five, but you can only get one of them in California. The one in California is called Pacific Drift, uh, but we won't be getting that anywhere else. The other four that will be available are the Catsaway IPA. Red the, Flag. The After Party Pale Ale, the Red Flag, Amber, and Round Midnight Belgian White. And they're available in 12 packs for $13. So that's actually, if it's decent, if it's a decent craft beer, that's actually not a bad value. Right. It's funny to note that they say that alcohol content is relatively high, as is normally the case with craft beers, hitting 5.8% for the IPA. (laughs) 5.8, yeah. Sorry, folks, that's pretty much a session beer. Yeah, I wouldn't say relatively high. If you're an experienced drinker. I would say, I mean, it's slightly above session, but it's not. It's definitely not imperial or anything. By definition, it's not. So they note that uh, Walmart's getting into this game to try to to try to uh, counter out uh, AB InBev in some ways because they see the obviously the growth and growth in craft beer and what what and happened growth. over the in growth over the past year, big beer only grew. 0.2% in volume, and they're obviously losing a lot of sales to cart to the craft beer market, hence them snapping up, as we talked about last week, snapping up all the little guys. So will we be reviewing these Walmart beers? Uh, of course we will. Yes. Well, I think we have to. If they're gonna, I agree. If they're going to call themselves craft beer, <laughs> we're going to tackle them and punch them in the face. Sure, why not? And I will offer the fact that it could be good. I'm not counting on it. <laughs> I'm interested in the Catsaway IPA and the uh, Party Pale Ale. After Party Pale Ale. Yeah, I, I don't expect much, obviously. It is Walmart, after all. The, True. The land of... Uh, the home to white trash everywhere. The great value brands. Yes. Which, you know, you may get bread, you may get cardboard. You don't know. Or you I, get cardboard with pieces of bread in it. <laughs> I Do you remember... I remember one of the smelliest people I ever encountered It was at a Walmart. And it was a Walmart employee back when you lived in McKinney. There was the Walmart across the street from your neighborhood. Yep. I remember we went there at sometime... Because it was a 24-hour joint. And we went there sometime in the middle of the night for something. And one of the, we were back in the, uh, the uh, video department. 
And I remember one, they had some guy working there with like yellow and black teeth. He was this guy that had to be in his late teens to early 20s. He just smelled like a decomposing dowdy fairy homeless. Did you let him ride you like a horse? Oh, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people look like. You just allow everyone to do that. Because everyone can ride a human horse, of course. <laughs> right. But no, he was one of the, It smelled like a decomposing human from Dowdy Ferry, homeless, that had been warmed over a, a fire made of dung. Maybe he was. That might have been his exact story. I, 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 he was trying to show me. I asked him a question and immediately got washed over by this, this cloud of decomposing fart air. <laughs> and then he had to show me where it was, so I had to follow him, but I had to hey stay now. back about t- 10 feet. He had to show you where it was. Yeah, I had to show me where it is. <laughs> it was just the, one of the, it was the most revolting situation. I mean, you're already in Walmart, so it's somewhat revolting. Yeah, your bar is set pretty low. Right. But he managed to take that bar, snap it in half, set it on fire, <laughs> and then kill somebody with it. You know, which was almost me. Right. So, yeah. Via smell. <laughs> Via smell. That would have been an interesting death. Okay, so finally, we're done with news. Let's move on to the rare beer, the Deschutes the Abyss. Extra Special or Strong Bitter, also known as an English-style pale ale, is one of three types of bitters, the other two being Standard Bitter and Special or Premium Bitter. The three styles are separated by alcohol percentage, with the Standard Bitter having a 3% ABV, Premium Bitter a 35 to 4.5%, and Extra Special Bitter has 46 to 6% ABV. Its golden appearance might remind you of a lager, but with a hoppy multi-aroma and a caramel component, ESBs are far from a watery lager. However, it does have a slightly floral style that should be easy to drink, and you'll want to have several pints in your local watering hole. In 1642, the town of Coke was the first to use dry roasted malt for beer. The term pale ale wasn't commonly used until 1703 to describe those beers, but by the 1830s, the term bitter and pale ale were synonymous. Breweries made pale ales, but customers would call them bitter, thanks to its bitter, hoppy taste. Today, you're much more likely to find pale ales on the shelves, but if you go for a cask beer, expect to ask for a bitter. Despite its name, ESBs aren't bitter, but rather a balance between alcohol, hops, and malt. The next time someone asks for a pint of bitters, pull a fresh pint. But if you're at home and they want a pint of bitters, stomp them like a Fruit of the Loom grape before offering them a pale ale. So Deschutes, our old friend, our old pal. I think we talked. Hey, about, buddy. We talked about uh, the Black Butte Porter in one of our shorties before. We did. And we, we talked about the special birthday release of that. And we had the Obsidian Stout. Was that the other one? Uh, no, we had. Well, actually, the the Black Butte Porter was the regular uh, release that we did, and then we did the birthday release uh, where they did the special version uh-huh, of it. So uh-huh, we uh-huh, love the Black Butte. That's our thing. Apparently, we love Deschutes quite a bit, and their Porter specifically. They have a lot of wonderful beers, but we have visited that one a couple of times. And we have we are sticking with the more of the stout porter side of their offerings yet again with the uh with the Abyss. They do have a lot of other stuff they're coming out with lately though. They've come out with the Pine Drop IPA. They have a white IPA that's great. I don't know if you've had that one yet. Not- but they have a lot of they have a lot of good offerings outside of just the dark beers, but that seems to be their pinnacle special release type beers. 
And I think we mentioned before, they're actually the first craft brewery that I really got into craft beer for, and that was Obsidian Stout on Nitro, and that was greatness. And they're, they're one of the craft, the bigger craft breweries that came to Dallas first. They were among, I feel like they were among the first distributed here when the craft beer market, you know, perked up its little ground, groundhog head and started to take hold here. That is true. They were they were one of the first ones actually. I I don't know if Founders came about the same time, but No, Founders was quite a bit after. I remember the Sure. I'm pretty sure. Okay, well nobody will ever know that. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember, but I, I know that Deschutes has been here a long time. I just and, remember back when you lived in McKinney and this was years ago, around the time that Franconia opened and we went there, I remember having Deschutes back then. True, yeah, that was oh eight, oh nine, and uh McKinney has this little specialty burger place up there and they have square burger square burger yeah and it has uh, i think 35 or 40 taps Mm -hmm. and they do everything that is not abn bev style and the obsidian stout and the young's double chocolate stout and uh, there was a couple other ones but those were some of the first ones i was introduced to right and really really liked it quite a bit and things on nitro are even that much better especially these stouts so we've again we've talked about the shoots several times and I guess we could go ahead and cover some of their other beers to start it off. Uh, the Black Bee Porter, like we said, you've gotten our ratings on that before, but their general ratings on those are very high. It's 96, uh, 98 in style. Maripon Pale Ale, if you're a Pale Ale fan, is pretty good. It's it's rated an 85. The Obsidian Stout, 98. The Inversion IPA, 92. Have you had the Inversion IPA? That one's great. I think so, but if I have, it does, it didn't like register. Okay. The Fresh Squeezed IPA. I have had that. I that, enjoy that. That is a 98 as well. Uh, the Red Chair Pale Ale is, I think, probably their better pale ale. Uh, Hop Hinge, that, that one's a pretty good one if you can find that around. And, um, yeah, th- so basically everything they do is rated in the 90s. So Except for, you say that, but the Deschutes Twilight Ale here has a rating of 58. Right. Yeah, I mean, not everything's going to be perfect. That's a one-off. But they have one-off a, miss. But they have a lot in the '90s. Yes. I mean, most. I mean, we're talking about their top ten are all eighty-five plus. Right. So I think that says that says quite a bit about them. Okay. Well, let's find out about the history of Deschutes. Deschutes Brewery overlooks the wild and scenic Deschutes River in beautiful Bend, Oregon, home base to their adventurous, award-winning lineup of pioneering beers. Gary Fish established the Deschutes Brewery and Public House as a small brew pub in 1988 in downtown Bend, Oregon, named for the Deschutes River. He emphasized a community-based approach to his business, hoping people felt as though the brewery was theirs as well. Deschutes sold 310 barrels of beer in its first year, and by 1992, sales were up to 3,954 barrels. Unable to keep up with the demand in its original facility, the brewery expanded to a 16,000-square-foot production brewery in 1993 with the ability to brew in 50 barrel batches. Deschutes now has a brewing facility with two brew houses distributing its beer to 28 states. A Deschutes brew pub opened in the Pearl District of Portland, Oregon in May 2008. In 2012, the brewery expanded its brewing facility by 6,750 square feet, allowing an additional 105,000 barrels to be brewed per year. Deschutes donates a dollar per barrel sold to local and national charities and participating fundraisers through its Cross-Departmental Community Involvement Committee. They received the 2012 Sustainability Award from the Central Oregon Environmental Center and was named in 2011 as a Green Power Partner by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Deschutes, through its in-house proprietary yeast strain, has created several award-winning brews. Maripond has won awards in the Pale Ale category at various brew competitions, including the gold medal at the 2010 Great American Beer Festival and the world's best premium ale in 2010. 
Black Butte is the best-selling craft porter in the United States. The company's spring seasonal, Red Chair Northwest Pale Ale, was named the world's best beer in 2010 and 2012. The BJCP standards for the Imperial Stout. Overall impression is that I think it's going to be boozy. <laughs> yes. It's, it's going to, uh, should be warming, will be intensely flavored, big and dark, roasty, fruity, and bittersweet. Now, there are some variations on this in the English version. Well, I guess we're more concerned with the American version. And in the American version, you typically have more bitterness and roasted character than in the English version. While the uh, English varieties are tend to be more complex specialty malts. So I'm guessing it's going to be a little more bitter than you might get in the English, unless they, I don't know much about the spear. So maybe if they went the English route, I don't know. So tell me more about the spear. Right. So the Abyss, it is their special reserve series or part of their special reserve series, which man, they've had some good ones in that. We could, we, when we review them yet again next week, we'll just go over their <laughs> entire special reserve series. Uh, it's a stout brewed with licorice and molasses with 30, 33% aged in oak and oak bourbon barrels. So you have that bourbon barrel flavor, which everyone likes to throw in. It's dark, it's deep, it's mysterious. Ooh. Aged in French oak and bourbon barrels, this special brew has immeasurable depth, inviting you to explore and discover its rich, complex profile. The flavor of molasses and licorice draw you in further and further with each sip. Oh, yeah. The abyss beckons. Oh, yeah. Enjoy the journey. Come to me, baby. So since it was in a French barrel, does it mean it wears a little beret? It does. It has a little mime It's face. like a little French out, like a French maid outfit. It says, uh-huh, that a sla- lot. It slaps your fanny in a playful way. Until it draws you in. It's just, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then it mimes you. And then it smokes a cigarette. Right. Uh, you know, every every stereotypical French thing <laughs> of you course. can think of. And <laughs> it finishes with a nice pairing of wine and cheese. Now, this is an imperial stout, so it does register an ABV of 11%. Uh, note to the street. Uh, with the Walmart article, this is high ABV, yes, not exactly. 5.8%. Right. 11% IBU 68, so we're not looking to be too bitter. Now, ratings on this bad boy, we're talking really, really high. Untapped gives it a 4.23 on 17,000 unique reviews. Anything over 4 on Untapped, you're doing outrageously well. Uh, rate Beer, a dead-on 100 uh, with 99 in style. And the Harsher Critic Beer Advocate, 99, with the bros giving it 100. So, high, high hopes for yeah, this Yeah, I'm thing. kind of surprised with the, the on the Brit Beer 99 in style. You already gave it 100 overall. What is the one point <laughs> that's keeping it from being 100 in style? Yeah, I agree. I feel like if you're giving it 100 overall, then style, it should just go ahead and be 100. So, we're basically expecting this to be somewhere on par with uh, a Budweiser. Right, just exactly. based on those ratings. Maybe like a Bud Light Lime. So, we should note that this is a, if, you're, if it's not available in your area, it is, this is the first year we've had it in Dallas. As far as I know, did we get it? I think this is the first year, right? No, we've had it before. I don't know if we've had it in No, we, we haven't had the variants before. Yeah, the, vari- the variants the- are, yeah, that's new. I don't know if they bottled it before or if it was only on tap, but I know it's been around here before. Okay, I don't remember ever hearing or seeing the bottles anywhere, but I, I'm probably wrong on that. Yeah. But I believe, I believe this is probably true. A pro- it's a possible fact, as we said last week. I think this is the first year we've gotten the variants. Uh, yeah, I'm almost positive that's true. So what are you, what are you expecting out of this beer? I am expecting boozy. I'm expecting some some deep chocolatey type notes. That's just my expectation for any kind of stout like this. I know it has a licorice tone to it, so I'm hoping that doesn't detract because I hate licorice. But I remember loving this before, so I don't think it does. I think it's probably really balanced. Now, are you talking black licorice or like Twizzler licorice? Well, I hate black licorice. All right. Nobody likes black licorice. But, you know, molasses probably counters that out pretty nicely. 
rich complex profile, so I'm expecting it to be thick and maybe maybe a tongue coater. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing whenever it has a nice, pleasant flavor. So I have high expectations, man. I can't help it. This is like a premier, a premier limited edition thing from one of my favorite breweries, so I expect really good things. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of surprised the, the time of year they release this because I feel like just... This is wintry. It feels wintry, exactly. Yes. Now, I've turned the temperatures as far down as I could, and, and given the fact that it's 80,000 degrees outside, it, it could only get so cold, so I try to get it to where we could at least enjoy wearing a t-shirt. You are wearing a nice scarf over there. Oh, yeah, just just my fancy scarf. That's right. my beer-drinking scarf. But that's all you're wearing because it is summer. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's only, right. all I can take is just the scarf. Sure. Now, it does feel like a, just on description, feels like a winter beer, but it's springtime, and uh, I guess we're just going to have to endure dealing with a winter beer. I think we're full-on summer now. Uh, this, are we? This is June. I don't know. Yeah. It I, feels, it, right now, it feels like a normal springtime, because it's not as balls hot as it usually is, thanks to El Nino. Sure. El Nino. El Nino. Right on. So right. I'm expecting a big, boozy bad boy on this. Wow. Kicking it off with aroma, that is a pleasant, that is a pleasant aroma. It's boozy for sure. You can you can smell the alcohol Ooh. wafting. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's got a sweet note, so it's not burning the nostrils. That is boozy and sweet and pleasant. I, I love that smell. Though. But it, I love that on imperial stouts. It's got. It's it's like a. If you obviously if you had a bourbon a bourbon barrel beer, obviously. it's got that uh the that's malty boozy quality to it. It's definitely yes. the bourbon. The bourbon smell is there big time. Man, yeah. I don't have anything but nice things to say about that. No, it's not. It's got it's, a little bit of coffee notes to it. A little not, coffee. It's got, I mean, the molasses. I could get like a sweet sugary smell a little bit, I guess. I don't know if sugary is right, but a kind of a sweet smell to it. Um, and the bourbon booziness really counters it out. I mean, it's everything I would expect in a really nice, a nice solid imperial stout. But it's not as boozy in smell as I've had with other big beers. But I think that's fine. It's it's No, it's good. I think it's, 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 it's there to be enough to be distinctive and show you it's a little butt. Yes. And, but it's not overpowering your your face either. Now to give a comparison to this, another one we have reviewed that they do list as that uh, as a good comparison for it on Rape Beer is the Brewdog Tokyo. So, I remember that one being a lot more boozy and in your face. I agree. Yes, I would say this one's more balanced than that one. And I think that was a higher ABV as well, if I remember right. Slightly. Yeah. I think it was only twelve though. Only twelve. Well, I'm saying this <laughs> is eleven. Now, appearance wise, when we poured it. It had a it has a very dark brown head, not unlike the Tokyo itself, like a chocolatey brown head to it. I, I was trying chocolatey to, brown head, no no visual, I mean no light through it at all that I can get. No, there's there's absolutely you can't. It's it's almost pitch black. There's basically just like a jail a jail cell tiny window of light in here. Yes, but when I hold it up to that, I really don't see anything. No, it's we it don't even have black. the regular lights on today. It's gotten even worse in here. It's just like a tiny little sliver of daylight coming in. I was trying to maximize audio quality by turning off the fan. So true, fair enough. And given little, the poor wi- baseball, given the poor wiring in this room, I was expecting. I was <laughs> we were having massive interference problems before the show, so I was trying to narrow down where the interference was coming from. So I just turned off everything that I could. <laughs> and that is a little behind the scenes that's, for you. That's that's a little inside baseball for you. <laughs> But well, I'm all shorty on how we set podcast up later. <laughs> back to back to the beer. Uh, yeah, it, it had a really nice thick brown head on, and receded in the snifter that we were drinking it from. And it's got uh, quite a bit of lacing on the glass, not overly so, but it recedes. The lacing does recede pretty quickly, but it is there. You know, just a quick note on aroma: something that someone noted here that I do kind of agree with. Uh, vanilla and red wine were some of the things they pointed out. I actually kind of understand getting that from that. 
Well, it's probably coming from the French barrel with the correct, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, 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 barrels. Exactly. Yeah, when they when they liquidated the mime and stuck them in a barrel, <laughs> made with, that's yeah, what made it French. That's what they don't tell you is that every uh, every abyss contains ninety percent mime, <laughs> liquefied mime. Apparently, they taste really good. All right, you ready to taste this? No, let's just stop. All right, the show. you're just gonna dump it. That's gonna All be right. the end. <laughs> dump it. Into Give the us sink. a call. <laughs> it's a really soft beer. It's it's like getting into a shower where you have a whole house filter that it's got the uh, water softening tablets. It's very velvety, silky Something smooth. you can afford that I cannot. That is true. It really is. I like to, I have to pour dirty city water all over me. It's like. You know what? Back when I was a swinging single guy, I had my you know my silk sheets. And maybe he is. Up I had my, bla- my black silk sheets to entice the ladies. In you my, you don't know about his alternate lifestyle. That's guys. right. Back when I was a swinging single, I had I had my black silk sheets. It felt like that when I would just slip naked into the black silk sheets. You know something that I noted for this or about the spear that's a little different than a lot of them. It takes into account every friggin' taste bud on your entire tongue. Like there's some sweet notes in the front. There's even some kind of middle range notes in the middle, and then you get kind of the a slight boozy bitter on the back end, and you get and it all mixes together. A lot of times you get something more on one side or the other, but I feel mm-hmm. like this is really balanced all well, the way across. With a lot of uh, the beers we've had, we get certain no- nerds up nerds up front <laughs> notes nerds up front. We get notes up front, and then it's really bad on the back end, or you might you might finally notice something in the back end, but you're absolutely right. It's very like, to me, it's again, you're slipping into silk sheets at the beginning yes. up front, very smooth. And then about mid tongue, you start to notice the hops, not overly poweringly. It's just a little, it's the 68 IBUs kick, kicks in a little bit, right? Just a little whiff of hops, not overpowering. You don't even notice the hops at first till you get mid tongue. And then the back of the tongue, you're absolutely right. You get some of those boozy notes. Yeah. You get the bourbony, the bourbony, the bourbony taste. notes. Yeah. So you're right. It's a deliciously complex beer. Some other beers, I know some of our listeners may have had, uh, including the barrel aged prairie bomb. They can bear it, they compare it to that. I haven't had that. Uh, that that's actually a very solid beer. I mean, I, I am the one who likes the bomb, unlike you, but uh, that one is that one's really good. Uh, it's different though. It's different than this. And the brew dog I thought was different too. I thought that was a little boozier than this. It was a little. It was. And it was a little more in your face, but that's yeah. no surprise. I mean, brew dog is kind of one of those breweries that enjoys being in your face in a lot of ways. Yeah, and that's not to run that one down. It's no, just, no, it, it's, it's just it's all about expectation. It, yeah. I think that was, you know, a perfectly fine, delicious beer. No, it's mm-hmm. just about expectations, right? And I kind of expect with Brewdog's attitude, they're a little more in your face. Hey, about things. Hey guys, Brewdog here. <laughs> Brewdog. <laughs> Together we are Brewdog. <laughs> exactly. Man, it gets. I actually think it gets tastier. It's uh, there's a lot of coffee there, so our pal Travis the Viking might enjoy those coffee notes. And I, you really do get the, the the a thick molasses undercoating of that. Oh man, big time! Yeah, it, the, the molasses they're big. I think the some of the boozy note is some of the licorice taste as well. That's kind of more the bitter, but I think it's balanced out. Like I can't just eat black licorice; it's terrible. It's yeah. one of the worst things ever invented. Let's be honest. Yes, it's it's one of the worst foods that's ever that's ever been known to man. Yeah, I don't know why it exists. I mean, you got black licorice jelly beans; you toss those out. They you, just throw said, those, you throw those to the homeless on Daddy Ferry. They just said, you know, we've got licorice, but how can we make it worse? Yeah. Yeah, we, red licorice, fine. I like red licorice. Yeah, it's fine. It's, uh, not, it's well, not something... Quote, unquote, we, like it. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. If it's around, it's fine. It's yeah, serviceable. If I'm, if I'm dying of hunger and they give me red licorice, okay, yeah, yeah I'll it, eat that. It's a serviceable snack. If they give me black licorice, I'm just going to die. I'm just going to die. die. That's right. I'm just going to liquefy myself into an abyss barrel. But 
I will put on my beret and my mime face, and I will die into an. A, a, that's. I don't know why I just don't turn around and drink the from the the barrel, but whatever. True. I'm concerned about dying from black licorice or, or not eating black licorice because it's terrible. But see, that makes me appreciate the shoots even more that they were able to take the terrible black licorice and make it actually tasty by countering it out with the molasses. See, I don't even notice the black licorice. And I have to say thank you to Deschutes for that. They did a good job of ba- balancing it out. A you really could have ruined this beer. And if anybody ever makes a black licorice beer, I'm going to punch you in the face. That might be worse than uh, it's coming. Don't vaginal worry. beer. It's coming. I'm sure it's already been made. Yes. And if you, if you send us one of those, I will turn around, I will set it on fire, and then I will send you a 12-pack of Budweiser. <laughs> on fire. It's on fire. And you'll have to drink it. <laughs> right. While you're also on fire. Because Mark can make you do that from here. Oh, I'll oh, see. Man. I will seek them out and set them on fire. Uh, I think a lot of people that it appears a lot of people agree with us on the notes that we get from this. Uh, just looking through some rate beer reviews, uh, taste of dark fruit, roasted malt, bit of molasses Wait, and chocolate. What is, what is dark fruit like? A plum? I don't, I don't know dark fruit, but like blackberries? Uh, probably, yeah. Probably blackberries and raspberries. <laughs> Probably not raspberries. Well, aren't they a dark fruit? I don't know. They're like a dark red. Raspberries. Are blueberries more dark than that? I don't know. Maybe it is. That maybe that is also a dark fruit. I don't know, man. That's just what they say. Can we address this in the dark fruit cast? <laughs> yes, that'll be dark fruit. Dark fruit shorty. <laughs> uh, hint of whiskey and vanilla. I. I can, oh yeah, for I sure. I can give them that. Um, a, a bitter but not harsh backbone with a moderate sweetness. Can't necessarily argue that. Yeah, and it's got a really enjoyable uh, aftertaste as well. That lingers the the mouth aroma after you've had a few sips and just let it sit. Maraschino cherries. Ah, I'm gonna say no on that, but uh, most of these I do agree with. Uh, most people get vanilla. Most people get you know some kind of some kind of mocha type flavor out of that coffee. I mean, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll give them that. So does anybody, I know we always go into these comments, but does anybody ever complain about the spirit? Well, because I honestly, I don't, I don't find many faults with the spirit. And I feel like we've had a lot of high rated beers lately, but I, I'm interested to know what are the major complaints about the spirit? Cause I don't have any. Well, uh, one of the lower rated comments I see here says it's, uh, it's not bad, but I'm not getting a lot besides the slight stone fruit flavor, which is disappointing. Uh, okay. I don't know what stone fruit flavor is. Do you know what that is? It's a fruit that got high. Okay, well. Or it was stoned like uh, in the Bible when they would stone the, uh, you know, the people that got stoned. I don't know. Bible lessons. I, I thought this guy that gave it a three Ty- would, they- would actually have some negatives, but uh, he just said it's a great beer, but gave it a three. Don't really know why. Um, the palate is not as thick as I would like, but it does have a good amount of carbonation. Overall, I say I'm a tad disappointed. I was expecting this to be a top 10 Imperial Stout, and it felt sl- and it fell short. Boy, I, I just I a, don't see that at all. A bit sour with no sweet or rich flavors to balance it out. I disagree sour? with that. Sour? Yeah, I totally disagree with that. So uh, let's compare this to one of our other favorites, one of the ones we did in the beginning, KBS. And you're a well-versed KBS drinker. I am, yeah. So what do you? how do you compare this to K- the KBS? Uh, because yeah, as we they as are we, similar they, as has been noted in our uh, local uh, regional Facebook group, apparently KBS is extremely overrated. Well, the local <laughs> Facebook group gets says everything's overrated. They hate Nkasi too, so yeah, have a bone to pick with them on that. Yes. Um, compared to that, you know, it's it's different. I, I think the KBS doesn't necessarily have the fruity balance that this does. To be honest with you, it's it's a solid. I mean, I love KBS. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite Imperial Stouts, but. This one has, I think it has a little bit more fruity flavor, honestly. 
and I think that helps it. I, I think KBS does have some vanilla flavor to balance it out, but this one has the vanilla and a fruity flavor, and I think that actually gives it that little extra bump that makes it a little bit better. I would agree. The KBS is a little more bourbony and not as it's not it's obviously it's a really good beer, but it's more bourbony and not as complex as the Abyss. It's not as cut with it, other things. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's nice to see that. I mean, I love the KBS. It's a great beer, but this oh, yeah. one is a little more complex. A little more, it's a little higher of echelon beer than, than the KBS is, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, another one here says, Aroma aroma of chocolate oak coffee licorice. Taste taste of chocolate oak wine. Medium body. Disappointing. Doesn't sound like a really great description of why they're <laughs> disappointed with it. I don't know. I, I feel like this beer is sufficiently, it seems like we're getting a lot of complaints about overall mouthfeel. And I, I think balance. A lot of people think it's too boozy too. That's that seem to see. See, I see it. I, I again, it's an imperial stout. It should be boozy, but right. for a boozy beer, I think it is very well balanced. I think even for the mouthfeel, it's got. It's not overly car- carbonated. It's not undercarbonated. It's well balanced. Yeah. What do you want though? Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, from an imperial stout, you're gonna. It's gonna be boozy. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. I. It, you can't when, especially when something is eleven point five. Is that was that the ABV it was eleven point five? Uh, eleven. Eleven. What do you expect? It's going to be a boozy beer. It's, I mean, it's not like an IPA, but when it comes to stouts, it's going to have an overly boozy quality. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't really understand. I don't know. It's like, if, it's, if it wasn't boozy, I'd be more disappointed and say, why is this not boozy? If it's an imperial stout and it's that high of AB, it's going to be Otis the Town Drunk. That's just the way it is. <laughs> but it's not, over, it's not overly boozy. Uh, it's not undercarbonated or overcarbonated, and it's got three distinct regions of taste to it, and it's got a pretty good mouth uh, mouthfeel and a pretty good aftertaste to it. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't get any major complaints or how this is disappointing at all. No, I, yeah, I, I'm not seeing that at all. Uh, let's see what the lowest rated. Someone actually gave it a 1.8 on there. Okay, let's just end on this one. <laughs> okay, uh, aroma is really hoppy, pine hints of peach. I don't know what that means, but pine hints of peach. Yeah. But minimal in comparison to what I'd expect. Underlying caramel malts. Taste is burnt dry coffee. Really drying in the mouth. Not good. Overpowering and one-dimensional. That's BS right there. My ad, my add roasty malt to such a hoppy beast. And it says my, M-Y. Uh, <laughs> no doubt would be an excellent IPA. I don't know how that what, what that means. Aroma disappears and it's all roast tar. Hard to drink. Horrible stuff. Moron. <laughs> Ratings. 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 You want to go first, Mark? Sure. I didn't know what to expect out of this beer because, like I said, I don't know that I've ever had it. Maybe I've had it on tap at some point, but like it didn't. Re- apparently, didn't register if I have had it. So I don't think I have. But I've got to say, I mean, no, I don't think it's probably anybody's surprise given what we have said here previously. But it's a really Damn fine beer. See, it's, you don't think it has a pool water smell, as someone else uh, said? No, I don't. Now, let me take another whiff. <laughs> no hints of pool boy there. No. It smells nothing like pool water. No, These no. Are crazy. No, there's, some, there's a lot of morons out there. And th- this is what we talked about, about the outrage culture. Yes. When we give a voice to everybody that doesn't deserve a voice, that doesn't have a podcasting <laughs> license, this is the crap we get. Yes. dumb comments like that. No, it's a, it's a damn fine beer. Uh, it's really complex. It's it's extremely for what it is. Otis the town drunk of beers. It's very well balanced. The carbonation is perfect. I like the fact that you get three distinct regions of taste. You get sweet up front. You get a little hoppy in the middle, and you get a little boozy on the back. The lingering aroma in your mouth—that's a smell to taste 
factor, whatever that thing is called. I forget. The, retronasal, I think, is the word. Smell uh, the taste factor. It's really, really nice. And I've got no complaints about this beer whatsoever. Now, is it my favorite beer? No, it is not. Because I don't know that I can name a favorite beer. But it is a damn fine beer, nonetheless. And I think it is one of the... I would love to see this beer in the winter. Because I think it is a winter beer. And I think maybe springtime is not the right season to release it. But that's not up to me. I wish they would consult me. They should just go ahead and hire me for my podcasting and beer uh, timing skills. But we can't fix that. We can only deal with what we've got now. So based on that, just based on what's in front of me, no doubt about it, five out of five. Whoa. Boom. 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 Yeah, Imperial Stouts are one of the flavor profiles that I like a lot. I mean, Imperial Stouts, high-end IPAs, these, these are things that are right in my wheelhouse. So I'm always looking for great standouts in those in those realms. Uh, again, Deschutes is also, you know, it's one of my favorite personal breweries. I've loved Deschutes for years. We have a long relationship going back almost 10 years. Whether they know it or not, we do. <laughs> it's a one-sided love affair. <laughs> it is, it is. They have no inkling of who you are, who we are. <laughs> That's true, they don't. But I've loved them for a long time. Love them from afar. Yes. I loved them before the craft brew movement was big in Dallas. I, I loved them even back then. They're basically your, your Milikunis. Yeah, exactly right. Your Milikunis of beers. Yeah, that's true. Yes. I would put them both on a pedestal. You're, you're <laughs> correct. I, I do love their special release series. Uh, we did not mention the bottle in discussing things earlier, but I will say that I, every one of their special releases has a pretty cool flat look. And I, you know that it's a special release from Deschutes. Because it does not have some kind of drawn nature scene like all their other stuff does. Right. They do just a flat label, and I, I always I always like that too. So I'm gonna give the label a positive review as well. Overall, I really like the the ability to balance out licorice with a nice a nice amount of molasses. It's a really well balanced beer, in my opinion. Any of these Imperial stouts that are gonna be over, you know, eight percent probably, I would I would guess are all going to have a boozy edge and a a bourbon edge. And if you don't like that, you're not going to like these beers. So you probably shouldn't reach for this if you don't like that, to be honest. I don't really... These people that complain about that, I think you're I think you're grabbing the wrong beer, honestly. Yeah. Your, your, your palate's just not made for these. Agreed. That being said, I think our palates are made for these. Uh, our palates are, are fairly similar. I think we like kind of the similar beers. There's a reason we're friends, and it's just because of we like similar beers. It's because we drink the same things. Exactly. That's right. And this one, I mean, it's in it's in high company, you know, going going against the KBS or anything like that. And I think it's right up there with those. It's not my favorite beer, like you said, but I mean, I don't know if I can name my favorite beer right now. Somebody nailed it to the wall on it and said, what's your absolute favorite beer? So next week, we will nail you to the wall. Literally right. nail you to the wall. And, and I'm just going to scream, I don't know, as <laughs> blood's rushing out of me. But for Imperial Stouts, this this definitely belongs in the elite club. Yeah. So I'm going to back you up, and I'm also going to give this one a five, uh, five out of five. Boom. Which gives us a final score of... Five out of five. Well, 
all. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Brew Bloods. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for listening to the show. If this is your first time, you should probably consider subscribing to the show. You can find all the links to do so. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. And if you want just a plain old RSS feed for your app, it's all there at brewbloods.net. Unless you hate to shoot, then you shouldn't listen to us. No, you should still listen to us. Just keep on. Just <laughs> listen to us. If you would do us a favor, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Or at least leave us a rating. And if you would... Be so kind. Leave us a review also. That would uh, that would be lovely and it help us out. It benefits us. You probably don't care, but we appreciate it. But we, appreciate, we really do. We appreciate your uh, your affection. Check us out on all the social networks. Uh, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, which we never use. MySpace, which we also never use. But we're all there nonetheless. We are Brewbloods and all those things. You can still interact on there. I mean, yeah, that's am- true. Amongst yourselves. That's true. You can all talk amongst to Amongst li- the listener base. If you have any feedback on the show, go to reddit, reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods, or you can email us at brewbloodsshow at gmail.com, or you can call us at 469-573-beer. That's 469-573-2337. Without the bleh. The bleh. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the other key that's not normally pressed. It's on the back of the phone. Anyways, call us there. All right. Well, it's somewhere around the uh, hashtag on the phone. Episode 55 is coming next week. For Dustin, I am Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Probst. <laughs>